0: Hey everyone, my name is Lisa Bono-Stevens, the podcast host for 12 Afternoons of Hope. And I just want to say welcome. Um, I started this podcast back in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, The original uh, thought about 12 Afternoons of Hope was to have an in-person Bible study. And, you know, maybe one day we'll have it happen like that. But for now, the podcast seems to be it well. And so I just want to say a shout out and a welcome to everybody who's out there, who's listening to me. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am a psychotherapist in Ontario. I'm also a podcast host, as I was saying, and I'm also a chaplain as well as an officiant for services like weddings and funerals and baby ceremonies. Um, I'm also uh, an author of a children's book, which came out in 2021. And um, everything I do, I totally love it and it's just so much fun. So um, yeah, as a chaplain, as I mentioned in the podcast um, just before this, um, I developed a series based on going through the Bible backwards. So this is the reason why there's going to be the next set of podcasts, including the last two previous to this one um, right now. This is the reason why they're called Backwards Blessings. And it's based on the fact that I've been going through the Bible backwards as a chaplain. And you know what, it's been a real blessing. It's been a blessing to me and it's also been a blessing to um, those who are listening to the services. It's been kind of cool. When we listen to God and he tells us to do something, sometimes it doesn't make any sense, but it's been uh, very interesting to see people blessed um, as, you know, as we're going through the Bible backwards. Um, And so every, Podcast. I always reference it, reference music. I'm a huge fan of worship music. I come from a very uh, musical family. And so, um, and my friends, a few of us like to get together and we talk about something called a praise party, like put your praise on if you're having a bad day. And so I will encourage you to check out some of the praise and worship music that is referenced in the podcast. Um, cause they do usually, um, go very well with the messages. So, for instance, I have here um, Don Moen. If Don Moen's listening, Don's one of my all-time favorites. And I love his song called Our Father. And so I would encourage you to look it up on YouTube and listen to Our Father. Then we also have Good Good Father. Um, I think Chris Tomlin sings that one really well. And um, The Love of God is another one. So you can tap into those, even just stop the podcast now and just kind of tap into those songs and, um, you know, be blessed by them for sure. Um, yeah, so we've been going through the Bible backwards, and we have officially made it to 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And so I'm going to start reading at verse 1 of chapter 3 of 1st John. So 1st John, chapter 3, starting at verse 1, and it goes like this. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins neither, or has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So let's focus on verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. So right away, we encounter the, world, the word behold. And, you know, that word kind of calls attention and makes a person pay attention right away. So I looked at what behold means in the original New Testament Greek language. And it literally is like an imperative. And it's, um, it, it means basically to be sure to see, um, to know to see, don't miss this you know, it's an observable, objective fact. So the verse will read like this, hey, look at this, don't miss this, and then go into the rest of the, the verse um, afterwards. Um, and so I'm gonna ask you the same question that I asked God as I read that verse, um, you know, First John 3, verse one, behold what manner of love, I said, God, what in this verse or this passage should I not miss? So today, let's meditate and examine what we should not miss in this verse. So the first thing I came across was the fact that, you know, John the disciple/slash apostle who wrote the the um, first and second and third um, John epistles. Um, he was a disciple that talked a lot about love from the gospel of John into his letters. Right. And we all know, we kind of sometimes joke about John bragging about he was the disciple who the Lord loves. And you know what, who says something like that, but you know what, he he really could make that statement. He really could, because you know what, John was there to see a lot of what Jesus did and, um, and about, you know, the fact that he saw firsthand the loving acts of the Lord. And so John writes this letter as an apostle to the early church, but he also was a disciple and, you know, to uh, Jesus who was our advocate. And John was a disciple for like three years. So he watched Jesus firsthand do a lot of miracles. Um, you know, even the calling of the disciples and how he handled people. And so you know, as I said, John saw the miracles that Jesus did. And, um, you know, even as an apostle, he probably also saw a lot more miracles. And he probably heard about the other disciples who also became apostles and about John and the things they did for Jesus. And so, you know, for him to say uh, or to talk about God's love, I mean, he saw it in, as a close witness and um, first-hand witness of God's love in action for people. In um, John 10, it says, um, that John recorded, that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the for the sheep. But a hireling, who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because He is a hairling and does not care about the sheep. And it says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So there we have firsthand about the whole idea of, you know, Jesus is our shepherd. And so um, that, and how he treats us as sheep, shows the love he has for us, he cares for us. He doesn't take off on us um, like a herald would, right? The second thing that comes out is that in from the um, first John um, chapter three, before behold what manner of love the father bestows on us you know what it also shows us how much the father loves us and so our heavenly father loves us right and some earthly fathers are not perfect but god is perfect right as a psychotherapist i hear a lot of stories um and I have a father too. I, there's not one father that's perfect. Some might get really close to being perfect, you know, and I know there's a lot of men out there that are so trying to be the best fathers that they they can be. And some of them did not have perfect fathers either. And they, they're trying to figure out how to be a dad based on, you know, a belief system that they had to kind of develop on their own, not having good examples at home. And so, you know, kudos to all the dads out there. They're trying their best to be a good father. You know, but our Heavenly Father is always and has always been a good father. He really has. Um, He is perfect. He's always present. Even if we mess up, he's always been there for us and always will be. I think, you know, about um, how Adam and Eve messed up in the Garden of Eden and how God showed up right away. He's like, where are you? It's not like he didn't know where they were. He knew where they were. And he didn't allow that situation to sit too much longer. He was there right away to come, come intervene in that situation, even though he had to give correction to Adam if he was there, you know, with them. And then, you know, there's a famous um, scene that The Chosen does really well. The, the whole show of The Chosen does such a good job of showing Jesus and the interaction with that woman at the well again, we see a loving, compassionate interaction between Jesus and that woman. And then, you know, even I always think about Peter, how Peter, as a disciple, he denied Jesus and Jesus did tell him he was gonna, you know, that Peter was gonna deny him three times before the cock crew. And, but at the same time, Jesus shows up after the resurrection and, um, you know, reminds, Peter of his calling and the rest of the disciples he encouraged all of them to continue right um you know doing things for the Lord and so yeah in that we see the love and the patience of God um yeah my next point is the fact that God is so patient with us he really is mm-hmm. Moses and Gideon and job those are the story the three people and their stories that show us the tremendous patience that God has with us as people. Moses was not an easy person to, um, to talk to when God was calling him. Moses gave him excuses. Gideon gave, gave very similar excuses. You know, this, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. Right. And God was there talking and, you know, just, just, um, being with them at those moments to kind of say, hey, you know, no, you can do this, right? And me. And then we have the story of Job. And, you know, for several chapters, um, the the people that came to talk to Job as friends and then his wife even saying, curse God and die. And all those chapters. And then we get to later on in the book of Job and, and God shows up like a whirlwind and has a conversation with Job in the middle of Job's grief. And, you know, God is so... It's so telling that God understands our circumstances and what we're going through. And sometimes some circumstances like grief um, will really set us back and um, now allow us to be functioning the way that we're typically accustomed to functioning. And God is there with us. He's so loving and patient with us at those times, for sure. God also works behind the scenes and we have in the book of Esther, how God is not mentioned once, but how he's working behind the scenes for justice. And especially when it comes to situations where there's an enemy against a certain group of people. And you know, God is there working. And so in the book of Esther we have that example. And you know, it's a shout out and encouragement even to the U- the people of the Ukraine right now. And I know there's a lot of Ukrainians displaced because of the war there. And you know what, it might look like God's not there, but I I am a firm believer that God will give justice to those people. And to anybody who's been displaced out of their country, out of their home, um, home countries, you know, I believe in justice because God shows us justice in his word. And then we have people in great pain, you know, grief and pain, very similar to Job. We have Ruth and Naomi, you know, and in John 11, when Jesus was told that Lazarus was dead, you know, people, it, it, when we're in great pain because of circumstances, especially post grief, you know, after someone we love has died, it, we, we're not moving very fast. There's a lot of things even to sort out, a lot of things to, to think through. And it's um, even just not death related pain, but the pain of losing people and divorce and, you um, Yeah, or maybe the loss of expectations in a relationship causes a lot of pain and, you know, God's there with us every step of the way. You know what? The one thing that God did for us that no father can do is that he destroyed sin on the cross through Jesus Christ. Easter is probably about a month away at this point and we'll be celebrating in Canada in particular um, the resurrection of Jesus and so that's one thing that God did. There's no other greater love that can be shown than Jesus giving us his only, son, his only Son, who became sin for us, right? And so that's something that we can all say hallelujah to for sure, and remember through that, that's an example of God's love for us. First John 3.8 says, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I mean, if you can't, if you feel discouraged right now, that's something to say hallelujah about in the middle of your discouragement. In John chapter 10, it contains Jesus' words about this in verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a herling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and ca- and scatters them. The herling flees because he is a herling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and the other sheep I have which are not. Of this fold them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and they will be one flock and one shepherd therefore my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it back or take it again no one takes it from me but I lay it down of myself I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again this command I have received from my father Now, the third point I'm gonna raise about God's love for us as God the Father is that we are his children and there are a lot of us. Just to, say, just to share a fact, and I know a lot of people struggle with loneliness, loneliness, and I know I have in my life. You know, at times I felt alone and lonely, but you know, a lot of times I just start to reflect upon the fact that there's a lot of people in the body of Christ, all of us are children, God's children and, and so therefore we're not truly alone and I know um, you know when I moved to another city after many years of living in Toronto um, that I didn't know a lot of people and God has sent me really great great friends and some of them don't even live in the same city but you know he sent me people that maybe have gone or have gone through or are going through similar circumstances of what I was going through or I'm going through and so it's just amazing that he will send me some somebody who's also a Christian and demonstrate to me that I am not alone. Did you ever think about how many Christians there are in this entire world? How many people are saved and know Jesus? I can't even phantom it. I'm preparing for a wedding this weekend. And um, I had to think about, you know, the fact that there's probably about Well, in fact, I googled this, like, I think over 8 billion people right now in this world. I don't know how many of those 8 billion people are Christians, but there's probably a chunk of us for sure. Especially if you look at YouTube and you might look at some famous preachers um, and you see how many people are listening to the word. I mean, even out of those numbers, we really don't know how, you know, out of subscribers or how many people like a video how many people of those people are actually saved, right? But the numbers are quite high. They're listening to those messages and, and, um, you know, and liking things and subscribing. So I sometimes wonder how many Christians are there in this entire world? And even in heaven, how many Christians are in heaven right now? I was meditating upon that the other day. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey obey all that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I have a question for you. How do you know that God loves you? How do you know that God loves you? I want to encourage you to be a detective this week as to the evidence that you can find in terms of how you know that God loves you. So as I close, I'm going to read Psalm 23. And I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and meditate on the words of Psalm 23. And you know what? You might continue to do that for a whole entire week. I'm a huge fan of YouVersion Bible app. And a lot of times I will pick certain, um, Bible plans that have to do with meditation and prayer and maybe just even stick with an entire book of the Bible for an entire month just so I can keep meditating on something over and over again. Meditating in the sense of the true meaning of the Bible is to mull over and over and over and over over again. So in this case, you know what? Maybe you'll study from one of the Bible apps. Maybe you'll study Psalm 23 from different Bible apps or different Bible plans. I don't know. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, I would encourage you to do it. But I'm going to read for you right now the Amplified version of Psalm 23. As I said, you can close your eyes. And definitely as the week comes, keep meditating upon it. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me, I shall not want. He lets me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul, life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. And I will close with an Amen to that for all of us as we heard those words from Bible, Psalm 23. May God bless and keep you always. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.